0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. No matter what, once you become a mother, a parent, period, you're different. You're forever changed. And that's okay. Want? to remind women that that's not necessarily a negative thing helping women kind of shift into that new role and have the confidence to like step into that new identity in a
1: positive way let's take a breath (sighs) hey guys i'm cindy latwaco and welcome to something to share every wednesday i sit down with people you may have seen on your tv screens experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for pressing play as always. It means the world to me. Today, we have an awesome guest on. Her name is Laura Bernay. She is most known for her work in the fitness space centered around pregnancy, prenatal, postnatal, and how to feel your best during each of those different phases of pregnancy. She's a certified personal trainer. She's the founder of The Baby Body, which is a 35-week prenatal exercise program designed to keep women strong throughout all stages of pregnancy during labor and while being a parent. So she centers a lot of her work around women, women's bodies, how they change. And she has a lot of really great information and support around the fitness space because this can be a very challenging and confusing time. I've seen it a lot, especially in the fitness space, teaching it for so long. It's always incredible to see what women can do with their bodies, especially during that time of pregnancy, but also the period after where they're recovering, they're trying to build their strength back, they're trying to feel healthy while also balancing a whole new chapter of their lives with a newborn. It's an incredible thing to watch and to witness. But it can be confusing because there are different ways that you can and should work with your body during certain periods of your life. But Laura also helps to break down specifics, but also break down some of those myths that are around fitness and pregnancy and what is allowed, what is possible, and how we can really learn to listen to our bodies. I am not in this world yet, but I know that it is hopefully a part of my future. As you guys know, I'm getting married this year. So this chapter of my life is definitely in the back of my mind or something that I'm looking forward to. And I just love to have experts like Laura on to talk through these topics that a lot of people don't know a lot about because even though I've taught fitness for so long, we were taught the basics of how to work with pregnant women and when they're supposed to start doing certain things like supporting themselves with when they lay on their back for core or modify things like planks and trying not to get their heart rate up too much. But besides that, we didn't have a lot of information. I think it's fascinating and I've seen friends go through changes with their bodies with pregnancy and post pregnancy and just how incredible that is but also a time of needing a lot of support because not only are you going through this huge life change but you're also witnessing your body change that comes with a lot of mental changes as well and how you see yourself how you view yourself and also wanting to stay healthy and strong so if this is something that you're interested in or if you know someone that is going through this process right now definitely send this episode to them there's so so much good information on this from what to modify from how to train your pelvic floor which is huge even if you're not pregnant pelvic floor is major and It affects all of us. So we talked through a lot today from each different stage of pregnancy, from before you're even pregnant or thinking about being pregnant to that process during pregnancy and what to change and modify and how to listen to your body better to the time after pregnancy and in general, just health for women's bodies. I find it fascinating and I know a lot of you will as well. Even if this is something that you're not going through currently, but if it's something that you plan to go through eventually, there's so much in this episode just to kind of keep in your back pocket for when this period of your life happens. Yeah, Laura is amazing. She has so much great insight. She recently had a son and now is pregnant again, which I just saw on social media. So Congratulations to her. She's awesome. And she shares a lot today around the fitness space, the role of being a woman in business. We talk about a lot as well. All of her work around supporting women and their fitness journeys, I find so inspiring. So Laura is awesome. Please share this one, like I said, with someone you care about. My something to share today, I, as you all know, am continuing to wedding plan, which this is not about wedding planning, but it's about what I've had to learn through this process is managing my expectations, which is something that I'm actually really grateful to learn and I think was a very good lesson for me to take in. I've noticed that with this whole wedding planning process that I need to be realistic. There's so much that you see every day from social media or from your friends or things that look really cool and exciting that you want to do for yourself or you think that are possible. And then you look at them realistically and you're like, no, that's expensive. And with just the way the world is right now, everything is insanely expensive. Nick and I are not willing to go broke over this wedding. And we also want to be realistic with our friends and what we're expecting from them for the people in our wedding party. And I was looking at flights for, we want to do a joint bachelor-bachelorette party. I was looking at flights this yesterday and was quickly humbled by how expensive everything is i mean we couldn't find a flight anywhere that was less than a thousand dollars and i know that i can't really afford that and i don't cannot expect other people to afford that so i had to have a moment of like managing my own expectations and almost the disappointment of that and that was really challenging and tough for me i've noticed that a lot through this process that i want to do the coolest things and i want to make this period of our life the best that it can be but i also have to realize It's one day, one year out of our lives. It is not everything, even though right now it feels like that. So managing my expectations of that. My friend told me this the other day. It's kind of a funny analogy, but it makes a lot of sense. So in life, we sometimes are handed disappointments or things don't go exactly how we want them to go or say if you believe in things like manifesting or whatever you believe in and they don't go how you want them to go or how you expected them to go. She related it to this analogy that she saw on social media, where basically when you're a dog owner, you tell the dog what they can and can't do, you tell them what they're allowed to do, you tell them they shouldn't eat certain things because they'll get sick, things like that, and the dog can't really comprehend that it's bad for them or doesn't really fully understand it. And she related it to that's how whatever you believe in, God, universe, whatever it is, that's kind of how it works too, where it's sometimes... Things are not good for us and we don't realize it. It just feels like disappointing or upsetting because it's what we want or what we think we want. And it's really annoying when we don't get that thing. But oftentimes it is whatever that thing is that you believe in looking out for us because there's something else that we're actually meant for or something else that's better for us but we don't even realize it when it's happening it just feels like when it's happening disappointment or annoying or having to like i said manage your expectations and change things so i'm i'm trying to hope that a lot of the disappointment that's happened through this process of not being able to fully get the things that i think i want or that I set out to at the beginning of this process maybe that is because they're not meant to be or there's something better that's actually supposed to happen or there's a a way that I'm supposed to figure out for example this bachelorette bachelor party that is actually going to be way better than what I initially wanted right now it's just packaged in the form of disappointment so That I think is my something to share, that maybe if you are going through something disappointing or something is presented to you in the package that you didn't want, or you are having some sort of a letdown, maybe we can just choose to believe that it's because there's something better out for us that we don't even realize is already in the work. The wheels are already turning towards the actual thing that we're supposed to be getting or the actual thing that's meant for us. And you can use the analogy of a dog. Say when you have to take away something that a dog is about to eat because it's going to be really bad for them, and they don't know that at the time, but we're looking out for them think about the universe, whatever the thing is that you believe in, think about they're looking out for you and they know better for you than you do for yourself. So that's what I'm choosing to believe, trusting that everything will work out how it's supposed to. I'm just having to manage those expectations and those disappointments in the meantime. And that's okay. Good lessons to learn. Um, Please enjoy this episode with Laura. She's awesome. Share it. Please give us that five-star review before you go. And I hope you enjoy. Laura, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to sit down with you, and that's all the housework that was going on at your house. All the jackhammering is over now. We can sit and just chat through life. How are you today?
0: I'm pretty good. My heart rate's coming down now. (laughs) Um, Good. Yeah, pretty good. I got in a nice little meditation about 30 minutes
1: ago, so I feel good. Kind of find the moments, right? (laughs) Yeah, squeeze it in. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I didn't meditate today. I did like a breath before we started here, and sometimes that's all we get. (laughs) Totally. I feel you. Yes. Amazing. So I'm excited to talk to you today about all of the things prenatal, postnatal. I have worked in fitness myself for, I don't know, 10 years now or something on and off. And I always find this part of it specifically so fascinating because I've also always worked with women and I just – the way the body changes and all the things you get to see as women go through pregnancy and they're just incredible – Um, So I'm excited for this conversation. It's not like anything I've had on here before. So again, I'm excited to pick your brain. But before we get all of that, um, I have two questions for you. The first one I ask of everyone, it's just like a show and tell. If you could share an object either from your nightstand, an object that's surprising or an object with an interesting backstory, anything that comes to mind. Okay.
0: So I'm going to show you something and it might feel a little bit creepy. Great. So I'm... (laughs) It's definitely like, I guess, interesting. I keep, I have a Mm one-year-old and I keep his umbilical cord. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Where do you keep it?
0: Literally just like in this little like cup thing in my nightstand. And I know it's kind of weird, but whenever it fell off, I like, I have a little baby book that I was like keeping photos and stuff in and I was like should I just throw this away and for whatever reason I felt like I should save it Uh and I know
1: it's strange but I've never gotten rid of it and I can't so I mean my mom still has like my teeth that fell out from when I was growing up so I guess there's weirder things as long as you're not like sniffing it and (laughs) whatever Pillow, yeah. yeah. As long as you're not doing that, I I feel fine about it. Because don't isn't there a thing where people take something from pregnancy and put it into like smoothies and stuff? Yes, your placenta, placenta. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's yeah, all the circle of life. It all gets weird when you have a baby, I swear. Yeah, it's it a
0: little bit weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel that because even my fiance, who we just have a dog together, and he has trouble tossing out like her bed. There's she has two beds downstairs. And I know it's not the same as an umbilical cord, but you get attached to things and it's hard to throw things away, especially something like that. So I I get it. I don't think it's weird. I'm a dog mom, too. So I get the the attachment with dog stuff. (laughs) You and I both have English bulldogs. I know. I saw. What is your a boy? Girl. What's her name? Her name's Dixie. What is your dog's name?
0: Goose. well, Oh, my gosh. Gustavo, Gus, Goose. You know, they have so many names. Yeah, they
1: have a a whole library of names.
0: They're the best. They're They're
1: honestly the best. I didn't have an English bulldog until I moved in with him, and I was like, wow, these are special little angel beings. They're so sweet. Such interesting personalities. Yes, it's the best part for sure. Yeah. Okay, second question. Anything that's been on your heart or mind lately?
0: Yes. So... I am struggling to balance right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like kind of the biggest thing on my mind constantly is like struggling to balance being a mom. Cause I'm still a semi new mom. Yeah, I do have a seven-year-old stepson. Um, but just as far as like having a baby, having a one-year-old, it's like getting into the groove of that. And then I launched my business postpartum. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like struggling to be really present with my kids and being like a good patient loving mom and then also trying to be present in my business and like help women who I really want to help yeah and like balancing doing them both well you uh-huh. know i know you know you do a lot so
1: yeah it's almost like you had two babies in the span of a very short time like you had your actual baby and then your business baby and it's you're trying to grow both but it's really hard to focus and I'm sure spread your energy out. I know, I mean I've heard of like all the mom guilt and all the things when it comes to working, but you also want to be, you know, putting your energy into yourself so you're filled up and you're, you know, helping the people that you want to help. And yeah, I, I know that's super tough. And I I truly don't have an answer, even though I do a lot of things I don't have that I don't have a child yet so I don't know what that really feels like I think even without having a
0: child I think women just I'm not saying men don't but women as women we just take on so much mm-hmm. and I think the balance is just there's no answer right yeah like I don't know if there's an answer having that balance is just really tough and it's like a constant game of like where do I put my energy today and like is it yeah. okay to have done more of this than that and
1: yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, just giving yourself that forgiveness and grace when you need to balance it. I actually was listening to it was Shonda Rhimes was giving like a graduation speech, and she was talking about motherhood and also running Shondaland and like all of this stuff. And people ask her all the time, like, how does she do both? And she's like, you know what? Sometimes I don't like some like when I'm at that when I'm accepting an award for something, I'm not at you know dance practice with my kid. There's always that balance, or when I'm at. The school, um, being like a parent, at a parent-teacher conference, I'm not you know, going to a party for the show or all all the things like that or watching the last scene of one of my actors. So there's no like perfect balance, but it's just, you know, doing what you can one day at a time. Life goes on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Amazing. Well, let's talk about what you do. I want to get into kind of your journey with fitness. I know you started as a – fitness model or you did competitions and all of that world, which I find that world fascinating. And now you work in the prenatal and uh, postnatal space. So talk me through just like the evolution of fitness for you. Yeah, it's um,
0: basically two completely opposite spectrums, right? So Mm -hmm. I didn't plan on going into fitness. I actually moved to Los Angeles to go to USC for grad school for journalism. Mm -hmm. So totally different space. And I worked in public relations afterwards, but long story short, my passion was always fitness and uh-huh. nutrition and just wellness overall. And so I was kind of in that world, spending a lot of time with some of the be- what who I consider some of the best trainers in the city and just learning as much as I could. Somehow through doing that, I ended up at a bikini competition and decided I want to try that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of restriction. There's a lot of, um, you know, two a days and things like that. Uh, things that now in the space we're in now, like the whole wellness space are, are kind of frowned upon. Uh But for me, it was really about working towards reaching a goal and proving to myself that I could do it. You know, one of the, one of the, stories that I think of when I think of that time in my life is like one of my best friends it was her birthday and she had her birthday party at this restaurant and it was either like I don't go or I go and I bring my own food
1: because oh my it, gosh yeah
0: so I was literally I got there and everyone's ready for like the birthday dinner and I had like my Tupperware of tilapia and asparagus uh-huh. Cool. and like uh-huh. looking back on that I'm like oh my god Laura come on like <laughs> It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, you just I was in it and mm-hmm. um, it worked for that period of time. I did what I set out to do. From there, I kind of learned that like that that restriction mindset was not healthy for me or for most people, right? Yeah. And like how can we take like um working towards our goals? and getting there without having all these parameters of like, okay, you have to go to the gym at five 30 in the morning before work to get your hour of cardio in Mm -hmm. and then go back to the gym after work to get your hour of strength training. in. it's like, please name five people off the top of your head that could actually make that happen. Like insane. You Mm -hmm. know, I ended up most of my time in the fitness world was as a personal trainer Mm -hmm. and I had a roster of clients for like eight, nine years. And over that span of time, a lot of them were women. And several of them became pregnant, went through that postpartum journey, maybe got pregnant again. So I kind of walked through that with them, which was interesting. It wasn't until I became pregnant that I realized like okay, I knew all the rules, I knew the contraindications of what like, you can do what you can't do what you should change when someone's pregnant. But Mm -hmm. once you are feeling it in your own body, yeah, totally different, right? As with anything. And so I kind of started to understand and to empathize in a different way. And realize like that I was really interested in that specific niche of training.
1: Yeah. I know it's fascinating. First, I want to talk about the competition world because yes, I totally understand. I came from a dance background and I remember a similar period in my life where we would be getting ready for an audition. It was like at the end of summer and I would deprive myself for months. I would do the fast cardio in the morning and then try to do another workout at some point or just like really restrict everything I was doing and eating. And Now looking back on that period of my life, I was like, how did I even – do that, and why did I think that was necessary? Because I found now that I, uh, a lot of like unlearning and letting go that it's a lot easier, and you can still get to the same goals. It might take a little bit more time, but there is so much more ease to it, and you can maintain it. Did it take you a while to really unlearn that for yourself, or was it once you um, starting working with clients and started you know learning more? What was that process like of just getting out of that deprivation zone? Because it's a hard thing to forget or not lean on um, as you evolve.
0: It is. And I actually listened to a podcast where you were talking about that, about like intermittent fasting and like yeah. it as long as you could. Um it is. It took me a while to get out of that mindset because it's not just, you know, when you're doing that, same with with a dancer background, you're surrounded by other people who are doing the same thing. Exactly. So you're all kind of like feeding off of each other mm-hmm. with the mindset, even though it might not be the healthiest way of thinking. Yeah. And so it took me a while to learn and plus when you're restricting that much and then you just stop doing it your body is like what is happening to me like your body doesn't know how to respond you know mm-hmm. it took me a while to realize that like I don't need to make protein cookies to have a treat or like yes <laughs> it's like I don't need to eat bland white fish and like steamed veggies every meal like I can have a delicious meal that's also nutrient dense and like makes me feel good and gives me energy you know Mm -hmm. I mean I would say it took at least a year to kind of get past that and to really understand what a more balanced I guess into I guess it would be intuitive eating yeah. You know, what I, mean? I, I have a hard time saying that. Cause I feel like a lot of people are like, well, intuitively I want to eat a box of Oreos, but like, you know, yeah. intuitive eating, I think it gets tough to get to that point, but just understanding like what really makes me feel good, but also doesn't like, isn't this crazy restrictive
1: diet. Yeah. It's definitely a process of understanding in your own body too, as well. It's just like what works for you and like what feels good in your body. You mentioned with, when you got pregnant, you noticed it was almost different. You had an understanding of the process of being pregnant and fitness and all of that. What was that difference that you found when you were actually going through the process compared to when you were just working with your clients through stuff? Such a good question because it is so different, right? Like
0: Mm -hmm. I had the education, right? And understood what it meant. Like when I say contraindications, oh, maybe we don't do this inversion or like your heart rate shouldn't go up higher than this at this time things like that um and obviously the the awareness that when you're pregnant things are just more difficult a lot of time Uh in your first trimester so some but sometimes there's a disconnect when you haven't experienced it so I would have a client who you know three months earlier could do specific things and now all of a sudden she would try two reps and be like I need a break and you're like wait what like <laughs> you know yeah. just confused not not trying to push too hard but like are you sure or you're know, <laughs> you having an off day and then I went through it myself and I was like oh my god I, I do you know two sumo squats with like less weight than I would normally do. And I'm totally winded and like genuinely need a break. Okay. Now I understand, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I did the same thing where it's, you have the booklet. It's like by this trimester, make sure they're not doing this, 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 this. And then you, I remember because I would teach group fitness and I would you know, be aware of the pregnant person in the room and like try my best, just hope for the best that she kind of knew what she was doing. And, you know, I would check on her from time to time, but you don't really fully know, I guess, until you've actually experienced it. So I I love that you are helping women through this process. Let's start with when you want to get pregnant, just the period of before. Is there things that we should be doing? I'm getting married this year, so I know that this part of my life is coming up, or I guess next year. but um, I And I want to like kind of have an idea of what to start thinking about now, what I should start maybe like cutting back on when I get to that period of life, when I want to start having kids. So what is, what do you recommend for people in that period of life?
0: Yeah. So preconception is really, and even in your first trimester is mostly continuing to do what you're doing if you're already an active person, Mm -hmm. right? So and you obviously are. So it's really important to just continue your routine, but not like do some crazy calorie restriction, right? Yeah. That's key. Um, preconception and when you're pregnant and postpartum, it's so important because, well, there's two things once you're pregnant is a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm eating for two. You're definitely not eating. <laughs> you know. Damn it. Um, um, <laughs> such a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, just just continuing to be healthy. And I have found, I mean, I personally, thank God, I feel so lucky for this did not have any issues getting pregnant, but mm-hmm. I have clients who have and friends who have, and just decreasing stress as much as possible has seemed to really help in certain mm-hmm. situations. Obviously, um, when a woman has like PCOS or something like that, your doctor is going to tell you specific things yeah. um, to do and that's a totally different world, right? Uh-huh. Preconception, you can kind of continue your active lifestyle. Once you get pregnant, a lot of women have fear of exercise, fear of what they should do, should not do, what's safe, what's not safe, which is totally understandable because it's a completely new world.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But for the most part, you can continue doing what, what you were doing before, unless your OB says otherwise. Yeah. But continuing that active lifestyle is great. And then you know, just feeling it in your body because uh-huh. like I said, you are gonna get winded faster. You are gonna get tired faster and like you have to listen to that. Your body is gonna force you to listen to it. You yeah. know what I
1: mean? especially if you're getting sick in the morning and things like that. Yeah. Oof. It's not fun. <laughs> do you subscribe to cycle syncing or working out for your time of the month? Do you subscribe to that or do you work with women differently in that front?
0: So I personally, when I was personal training, never, I think to the the very end of like my one-on-one clients started learning about cycle syncing, but never really came across many issues with that, with my clients. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The thing, right? There are times during the month where you have more energy than others, but I never really got into
1: that too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I have... A trouble with that too, because I teach fitness now too, and I like can't because I'm physically like I can't take a break because I'm signed up for certain classes or I have a schedule, so it's hard to cycle thing for myself as well. But it's nice that you can have both options. But I guess it's also another like personal thing to your body. One hundred percent. For the process of pregnancy, when you are pregnant, are there things that we should start incorporating to support ourselves as far as fitness goes or nutrition or anything like that, just for that initial like once you're pregnant phase? Absolutely.
0: So something that I find super important and um, my program really supports this is mind-body connection breath work, mostly with the core and pelvic floor. So Mm -hmm. what happens a lot and we hear about it all the time is like, Once you have a baby, having ab separation and having like, oh, I pee a little bit when I laugh or cough, right? Yeah. Um, Although this is super common, it's not really like, it doesn't have to be the norm. There are ways to prevent it, at least from getting really bad, really severe and ways to rehab it. Okay. Um, So really focusing on from the beginning, what I call belly breathing, which is a type of breathing where you inhale and expand the belly and rib cage, relax the pelvic floor. Mm, That's tough. (laughs) It is. And then exhale, lift and engage the pelvic floor and wrap those inner abdominal muscles around. Right. Mm. So. There's two things. We hear a lot about Kegels as women, right? Which is engaging the pelvic floor, lifting up and in. Uh It's super important because we want a strong pelvic floor. But what we don't hear about a lot is lengthening and stretching the pelvic floor, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which like any other muscle in our body is equally as important, right? You don't want to strengthen your hamstrings and your glutes. You want to also stretch them so you have length and flexibility. Hmm don't have flexibility in your pelvic floor, giving birth is going to be yeah a little bit tricky. I mean, I had a C-section, so I didn't go through that, but still you need the length. Uh-huh. The other part of that is really learning how to engage so that we keep that area strong so that post-birth, postpartum, we don't have as many issues, right? Yeah. And same thing with the core. It is going to happen to everybody. There's going to be a little bit of separation in the abs because we have tissue in the middle. I'll just show you here, right? Uh (laughs) In the rectus abdominis muscles, which are like the six, I mean, you know, six pack muscles, you're a fitness girl, Uh um, that is meant to stretch. Uh Okay. So as the belly grows, inevitably that tissue is going to stretch. So, depending on your body and what you did during pre and during pregnancy, that kind of is going to dictate how much it stretches this uh-huh. way, how deep. Okay. Um, so if we work on that mind body connection with the the transverse abdominals, those deep core muscles, we work on that mind body connection through breath work, through activation to get those muscles super strong and to train them, we can prevent super, super intense separation.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: However, um, if you do experience major separation postpartum, there's a lot of rehab work that goes along with working towards getting that back. It is a tissue that is meant to stretch and come back together. Mm
1: -hmm. It's fascinating. First question I have, how do you stretch your pelvic floor? Is it just regular stretching? What's a technique to stretch your pelvic floor?
0: Yeah. So during the breath work, which I do, which is like the inhale lengthen, it's almost, so when you think of a Kegel, what do you think of? Like, how do you do it? Squeezing up and in. Yep. Okay. Yeah. when you think of lengthening, it's almost like a pushing, almost like going to the bathroom, like pushing out just a little bit. Okay. How often do you do these? (laughs) (laughs) Every day. Every day, every okay. single day, it's something that you can literally do like sitting here on your bed, but there are, which I do in the baby body, there are different positions that you can get in. For example, like all fours inhaling and going back almost into child's pose, like sitting your hips back
1: mm-hmm. inhale
0: and lengthen kind of helps to lengthen the pelvic floor even more. And as you inhale coming forward, like there are different positions you can get in to kind of work into different areas and and just play around with what feels right in your body. The hard thing with the pelvic floor is like, you can't see it, right? So when you're flexing your abs, you can like look at them and see what's happening, but it's really a mind body connection kind of a thing. Uh And something I did when I was pregnant, which I honestly recommend to everybody, if you're able to Uh go to a pelvic floor specialist. Huh. Like it's a specific type of physical therapist. And even if you just go a couple times, just to kind of understand if you're having trouble, like feeling it in your body, um, because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll observe, which is kind of like going to a gynecologist,
1: right? I was going to say, are you in the stirrups?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they'll observe, um, what you're doing and uh-huh. do if you're working the muscles correctly and they'll, sometimes even give you a mirror, which is awkward, but so you can watch and they can say, okay, this is the correct engagement. This is the correct thing. So you can keep it intact, which is, you know, it's very valuable.
1: Yeah. Could be a fun exercise to try with your partner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, that's, I didn't even know that existed. That's fascinating that there, that exists. I mean, I'm not surprised there's a specialist for everything these days, but that's good advice. Um, for each trimester, this was always a thing. Can you walk me through like when to do this, when to stop doing this? I know a big thing is like twisting, not getting your heart rate up, planks and core. It's all based on trimester. Can you walk me through how that works?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are are some hard and fast rules and some rules that I think uh, different people have different opinions on right? Uh A lot of it is what feels right in your body. So one of the things with especially like the first trimester, second trimester is laying on your back and doing exercises. You're told a lot to not lay on your back, right? Uh Um, For most women, it's okay. And that's risky to say, but it's true. Yeah. For most women, it's okay to lay on your back for a short period of time for an exercise, unless it doesn't feel right for you. Unless you feel lightheaded or you don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, for most people, it's totally fine. If you're yeah. really worried about that, which I completely understand, you can prop your head, neck, and shoulders up when you're in yeah. doing something on your back. Twisting, any major twisting you want to start to avoid once you really like have a belly. Planks, honestly, planks are okay if you're able to contract and engage your core correctly. Okay. okay. Obviously, once your belly gets a certain size, you cannot plank on your forearms without it hitting the ground. Yeah, Um,
1: you're balancing on your belly.
0: But thankfully, there are so many modifications we can take. So a lot of times, for example, if you're in your first or second trimester and we're doing a plank, I always say drop to the knees, you know, tuck your hips, squeeze your glutes, engage your belly, hips towards ribs. And Uh that way you can still participate in the exercise, but it's safe for where your body is at that time. Uh Uh-huh
1: also your head going below your heart is that a thing too it is a thing
0: it is and inversions like certain people aren't it's interesting though because there are some yoga instructors i'm not Mm -hmm. mainly a yoga instructor although i i do have my certifications some are are totally fine with specific inversions some aren't so it Mm -hmm. depends on like what classes you're going to what you're doing do you know what i mean true and so much of it is knowing your body
1: Yeah. I remember my modern teacher was like literally do the next day and was like teaching us yoga and doing all the things and fully working out, but that she really knew her body. So it's a special case. Yeah. But I was like, how is this woman still here? Next question I had on that was far as like toning and strength, we were always told that you can maintain strength when you're pregnant, but you can't necessarily build or tone while you're pregnant. Is that a myth? Is there areas that you can tone during pregnancy or areas that you can focus on for that? Interesting.
0: Yeah, of course. So it really depends mostly on what you've done pre-pregnancy. If you're someone who barely ever exercises pre-pregnancy, that's correct. You don't want to jump in and you're like, I'm going to crossfit today. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, If you're someone who's been active. You can continue basically that level of activity. Now, not toning or not building muscle when you're pregnant. I do not agree with that. I don't think it should be the focus. Mm -hmm. The focus needs to be just staying healthy. And honestly, most people when they're pregnant, especially first trimester, are kind of like, you know, just trying to get through it just yeah. move their bodies for a period of time. But say you wanted to build your upper body a little bit, you could totally do that during pregnancy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? This is, there is a bit of a myth there, right? Because there's a lot of fear of working with pregnant women. There's a lot of yeah. fear, which is totally understandable because people, nobody wants to injure someone who's pregnant, yeah. right? And no one yeah. who's pregnant wants to go to past that point that they're supposed to go to, but- I mean, sure, you could build muscle when you're pregnant.
1: Okay. I love that. That's good to know. Is there anything else during pregnancy that you should know? Like certain exercises or like certain exercise programs that are good. I know you have baby body, but like any type of specific, like hit, yoga, Pilates, like anything that's really good for pregnancy, or what do you what do you say for that? I do not love HIT during pregnancy. Okay. I will say that. And
0: and that's coming from a person who loves high intensity training. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think most people find once they become pregnant and postpartum that your body just things feel different in your body and you don't want to exercise the same. Mm. I and mean, I know there are women who like keep doing CrossFit when they're pregnant. I've never been a CrossFit person, so I don't know, but your body becomes a little more delicate yeah. when you're, pregnant. it just does. And that's okay. Right. Mm. So I find that a mix, a combination of strength training, which is super important for us, right. Whether that be body weight or the majority of my workouts, I use either 10 or five pound weights. I never go heavier than that just because it hasn't been necessary. Mm-hmm. And a combination of like slow, steady movements, almost like Pilates yoga-based, are a good combination. That and walking. Mm. Okay. I think from a person who did hit like three times a week. When I got pregnant, I really I was like, walking's not a workout. What do you mean? I need to go for a run. Yeah. No. Walking when you are pregnant is so therapeutic and such a great workout. I love walking. So it's really, yeah, it's so nice, especially like where we live. There's such, you know, it's so beautiful and the weather is always nice. Yeah. And it's just, um, you start to take things a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And I will say even
1: postpartum, I at least have felt the same. Cardio, would you recommend? stopping that? Or if you were like a, I remember Charlotte from Sex and the City, she was afraid to like run with her dogs and then they show her at the end running because they said it was okay. Should we start stop cardio or wean off of it? No.
0: Oh, okay. No. If that's your thing, do what feels right. Okay. okay? If the thing is running and you enjoy running and it feels okay with your pregnant belly, you're totally fine to continue running, right? Personally, it just didn't feel great for me. Yeah. I've never been in a runner. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But it's definitely safe unless your doctor says it's not safe. That being said, with running, you want to really continue working that pelvic floor, mm-hmm. right? Because of the baby in our uterus, there's there's more pressure, mm. right? There's more pressure than before. So you really want to continue to keep that area strong.
1: I feel like I would want to hold the baby up to run. Does that necessarily yeah. like, like how yeah, your boobs I, bounce around? Like I'd feel like want a bra for my baby. <laughs>
0: 100% I have done so many workouts where I've been like literally holding yeah. the bottom of my
1: as I out. maybe we should invent some type of wrap or something yeah some type of little bit yeah um postpartum because there's everyone's also different with this and how they experience postpartum from what you've seen with your clients like what do you recommend for as far as that working out or easing it back in process, all of the postpartum things. So
0: postpartum is one of the most intense parts of the entire journey. When we think about babies and fitness and being pregnant, we really think of that pregnancy phase and like working out through pregnancy. But the time postpartum is so intense, right? You're healing. You've got a baby that's awake all the time. (laughs) Your body has experienced intense trauma, whether you've gone through Vaginal delivery or C section, it doesn't matter, right? So, usually your doctor will have you wait a couple months before you start any type of exercise. I, in the baby body, we have a six week rehab program. Mm-hmm. So, you'll see a lot of women who come out and they're like, I'm ready to rock. Let's start. Like, I want to snap back. There's this huge like snap back culture, but The problem is, is like your body needs a good amount of time to recover and repair before you can jump into anything. Yeah, And you might feel like you're ready, but what happens is if we skip that rehab portion of like really rehabbing the core and pelvic floor and just like easing back in you jump past this whole process and start into a strength training or, or a cardio or whatever you might be doing. And your body's like, hold on, I haven't quite repaired this yet. Yeah. And I'm going through trauma here. So like you're jumping over this whole step and you you might have to like work your way back. Ah. So it's super important to rehab postpartum and just like give yourself time, mm-hmm. give yourself that good window of a couple of months to really rehab, whether you're dealing with a C-section scar or not, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much, just so much
1: happening in the body. Would you recommend then starting with that core rehab or like certain exercises, right? Postpartum before you even go back into the classes or the head or all the things as you ease back in.
0: So usually what it looks like is you have your baby, you're not going to want to do anything for at least like six to eight weeks, right? Mm -hmm. The good thing with the baby body rehab program is that the majority of it is the mind body connection that we talked about for prenatal Mm -hmm. and work. Because once your muscles have been stretched like that, and then your body's been through the trauma, it's like, wait, can I I can't really feel my core? Like, am I engaging my core? I don't know. Right? Yeah. So a lot of that is recreating that kind of mind body connection with your core and your pelvic floor and relearning how to connect and engage with it. Yeah, it's a very different sensation. It is. And it's a, it's a whole process, right? And then you get into slow, there are specific exercises, whether you've been through a vaginal delivery or a C-section that you start with. And they, you know, before you have a baby, I know, like, I remember looking at these type of exercises before I had a baby and being like, that's not actually an exercise. Like, is that really in your core? It looks like nothing. And then you go through it and you're like, oh, yes, this is really, really working my core. And so much so these type of exercises are so specific once you get that mind-body connection down that I'm a year postpartum and I do them and I feel it. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so much of it, as you know, especially as a dancer is like feeling it in your body and having that mind-body connection with that specific muscle group.
1: Yeah, that's a tough thing to find even when you aren't pregnant or postpartum or anything like that core connection is kind of tough and almost a lifelong journey going back to core and what happens postpartum i've seen with friends or with clients that have had diastasis without really being able to tell or there'd be like a really small tear like almost hard to detect what are some signs of diastasis when it's not like a complete split and you don't know um, necessarily until you have someone look at it like what are some signs that we can look at our own bodies and figure out if we have that or not
0: there are a couple things right You might notice, which is kind of hard to notice on yourself because you're not always shirtless and always looking at your stomach, but certain things that you do when you engage your core, whether you're like sitting up or just bracing your core, you Mm -hmm. might see a little bit of like doming, like your stomach kind of looks like this, like there's a point in the middle almost. Mm -hmm. And it might be very faint if you don't have a super um, large separation there. The other thing is you can do a test on yourself where you're laying on your back. Your feet are on the ground. Okay. Planted on the ground. And you just gently, without engaging your core, lift your head up. Mm -hmm. And you can feel. Use your fingers right above your belly button. Right. You know, and you can feel. And you might see the coning or doming there too. And that's how you can kind of tell whether or not, but like I said, everyone's going to have some degree of separation. Yeah. Is it super deep? Is it affecting you? Is it coming back together? Is it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Are you really connect and do those exercises
1: that are starting to rehab it? Love that. So doing programs like the baby body to get the core back, because I think that's super scary for people like, oh my God, I have a tear, but you can definitely get it back. It's just a matter of like really relearning that core connection.
0: Yes. And it might not always be the same. So just speaking from experience, And this is true of myself and one of my clients that I have in mind. Mm -hmm. Neither one of us had major separations. Like it wasn't something where you saw the coning. Yeah. However, if I feel I can tell when I touch my, my core, that something's a little bit different than it was before I had a baby. And that just that everyone just, everyone does have a little separation. Mm -hmm. One thing I will say that's so important that a lot of women don't know that something super simple to help is... When you're pregnant, we have a tendency in life to, when you get out of bed, to sit up, right? Instead of doing that, this one simple tip will help so much. You roll onto your side into fetal position Mm -hmm. and press up with your arm Mm. instead of using your ab muscles to lift you up, right? Because you're not engaging first and then sitting up. So if you were engaging first and then sitting up, you're not going to have so much of that separation.
1: That's a good tip. It's like very much in yoga where they put you into the fetal, and then you slowly. It's a very lovely process too, that exactly. rebirth. <laughs> um, breastfeeding, if you're breastfeeding and wanting to exercise, like should you not do certain amount of cardio? Is there something that will affect the milk supply? Anything with breastfeeding and exercise that you recommend?
0: So you can continue. Exercise is totally fine. The one thing you want to keep in mind. Mo- well, there are several things to keep in mind, but your calorie intake has got to be higher. So higher than when you're pregnant. So a lot of people focus on like, oh, I'm eating for two, I'm pregnant. Okay, your caloric intake, if you're breastfeeding, should be at least like around five to 600 calories more per day. You're sharing your caloric intake at that Mm -hmm. point with a full-grown baby. Mm -hmm. So you can continue to work out, but you do need to keep in mind like how many, like if you have an Apple Watch or something like that and you can see how many calories you're burning, just keep that in mind, right? Like I need to keep my calories up because a lot of people postpartum are like, I really want to lose the the baby and that's more of their focus. But you, I personally, like sometimes you just get busy as a mom and you maybe don't take in as many calories as you intend to Mm -hmm. and realize you'll see a decrease in milk supply, Mm
1: -hmm. staying
0: hydrated and like keeping up your and intake is
1: so important with you and your pregnancy and giving birth to your child did you notice anything for yourself like mindset shift or having to cope with this new life that you have like you mentioned with your business starting around the same period of time like anything that you noticed that period of time after first giving birth
0: so i'm very lucky in the sense that i did not have postpartum anxiety or depression that's good Very lucky because I know so many women who have experienced that, and it's so tough. And there's Mm -hmm. no way to predict it, right? The sleep is is difficult. Yeah, it's hard to get used to not um, getting enough sleep, and you never really do. Mm. (laughs) I know
1: you're like, oh no, I know I'm a big Uh, sleeper.
0: (laughs) I know. So I'm a person who requires like a good eight hours. Same, Um, yeah, but. You know, I I've been really lucky. I've just I'm honestly really enjoying it. I've mm-hmm. always been a mom. I really love being a mom. You know, like I said the balancing is tough, but yeah. that's with anything, right? Yeah.
1: I was going to ask you about that like how you found that balance, but I, we talked about it earlier. It's almost an everyday thing that you have to work through.
0: It is, but as far as specifics go, I mean Cause I love specifics. (laughs) Um, I personally have a nanny, Mm -hmm. which is really helpful. So I have her part-time. So on the days that I have the nanny, that's when I schedule things like this, Mm -hmm. that I um, go to the studio and I'll film all day for the baby body. That's when I edit videos. That's when I respond to emails. Um, And then I try on the days that I don't have help. Mm -hmm really be as present as possible. Mm. Um, And then nap time to attempt to get some things accomplished too. And usually that's getting a workout in. I love that. Yeah. It's a lot of like really using
1: your time wisely.
0: It is. There are like TikTok videos and Instagram videos everywhere that's like, what a mom can get done during an hour nap. It's so hysterical because before, like an hour of my time would just fly by. Now it's like, as soon as he goes down, I'm going to rush in. I'm going to clean the entire house. Then I'm going to work out and then I'm
1: going to shower. It's your power hour. I love that. Are there any misconceptions or like myths or anything that you want to debunk with pregnancy or that whole Process as far as that and fitness or anything like that goes. I guess
0: just that you you need to be afraid of exercise because you don't. Mm -hmm. Even like we talked about before, even if you haven't been a a major like active person before pregnancy, you can still start to incorporate small things because ultimately, movement is always better than no movement, right? So even if you're a person who didn't work out before you got pregnant. Start adding in walks three times a week, right? Go mm-hmm. for a 20 walk. Add in some stretching. There are so many resources now that you can just look on YouTube or look online or look at the baby body, right? Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: find something that you enjoy doing that fills your cup a little bit and really take that time for yourself. Because it's, like I said, it's always going to be better to move your body than to not move
1: your body. Very true. How big is that mindfulness piece of it i know fitness is huge i know nutrition is huge but how much does mindfulness affect this whole period of life majorly
0: so i i don't know about you um because i mentioned meditation in the first part of this talk but i've gone like roller coaster ride like major ebbs and flows of like working on mindfulness working on meditation working on really being present Mm -hmm. there are times when i would be on um doing a yoga teacher training for a month. And I would really focus on meditation. I would feel so good. And then I'd go, you know, a full year without meditating. And yeah, I really realized like during pregnancy, just there's so much going on in your life and everybody's lives, Uh but it's something that like, if you can, if you can take like five minutes a day to just sit, it doesn't need to be meditation, but to really just be like, present in what's happening in your body because there's so many changes right Uh whether you're pregnant or postpartum and like just take a minute for yourself breathe like you said you took a couple breaths before this podcast like that's such a small thing and takes like no time out of your day but it really does change your mindset and being pregnant is a lot it's a lot on your body. It's a lot thinking about all the changes that you're about to go through, you know, and all your time is going to be spent so differently. So mm-hmm. I think it plays a huge role in just like how you feel overall. I love that.
1: I would love to talk through Baby Body and how it works, programs that you offer. And for anyone that's interested in it, just like walk me through how it works.
0: Okay. So the Baby Body started out as a 35 week prenatal program. It has since, after I had the baby, it has shifted to prenatal six-week postpartum rehab, postnatal workouts, and just workouts for moms in general. Mm -hmm. So if you are a month pregnant, if you are six months pregnant, there's things for you there. If you are two months postpartum, there's a program for you there. If you're a year postpartum or if you have a three-year-old, like there's something for you. The workouts, I have different class types. So there's strength training, there's cardio and conditioning. I do a lot of like low impact cardio, Mm -hmm. Um, recovery and repair. There's education about, you know, ab separation and things like that. It's a monthly subscription. We have a seven day free trial. So you can go on and kind of test it out and see how you feel. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. it's so nice to have that separated by each thing because each one definitely is a different form. I'm assuming you can do them all at home and they're all video. And- exactly. So it's all on demand. So
0: there's a huge library of like 80 plus workouts to choose from. The equipment is pretty limited. Like mm-hmm. I really Use resistance bands, light and medium weights, sometimes sliders. And then if you have a bench or like a something to step up on. Hmm. So I keep it like that. And there's a there's a whole variation um, of intensity levels. So if you are prenatal and you have some morning sickness, <laughs> there's yeah. something. For you, super, super chill. If you are in your second trimester and you got that energy boost and you're ready to rock, there's something there for you as well. Mm-hmm. There are 10-minute workouts and there are 40-minute workouts. I know how it is being a mom and like trying to squeeze it in, you yeah. know, a lot of t- I literally have 15 minutes
1: and that's it. And that's okay. You do what you can. Especially when you're trying to get all those things done during those naps. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I love that you've created that. It's definitely something I'm going to look into when I get to that period of time in life. I know a bunch of mom friends and things. So I'll definitely pass it along to them because I think that's ah, incredible. I have some final questions just to wrap us up if you... Feel good. So, first question I have is with what you do and with the work that you're doing with women, what do you want to be known for or remembered by? Women, when they become
0: moms, have a tendency to go through this phase where they're like, I don't feel like myself. I feel like I've lost myself. I don't recognize myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I Can't like go and do the things that I used to do as freely as I used to do them, and there's this kind of like loss of identity almost. And I'm a true believer that by using movement and taking like even if it's a short period of time for ourselves every day, we can reconnect to who we are. Hmm. So no matter what, once you become a mother, a parent, period, you're different. You're forever changed, and that's okay. Yeah. Want. To remind women that that's not necessarily a negative thing. And I want to be remembered by helping women kind of shift into that new role and have the confidence in themselves in that new role Hmm. and helping them to like step into that new identity in a positive
1: way. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I've heard that from anyone and just like that body shift is definitely something that's huge to wrap your mind around. It's so nice to have that reframe because it is such a beautiful thing and it's not a negative thing. It's just a matter of like embracing it and having the right resources and all of that.
0: Yeah. And you know what? There is this pressure, whether it's internal or external to Mm -hmm. to step back post baby to, to Reclaim your body that you had before the baby. And while that isn't always possible or the most important thing, I do understand that want. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think it's especially in our culture now, we're like, oh, screw, snap that culture. That's so stupid. And it's like, it's not. It's totally understandable to want to feel like yourself, right? There are some shifts and you can do that and still feel strong and beautiful and confident. Love that.
1: Last question. Any last leaving thought or piece of advice? It could be related to this or just any last random thought or advice.
0: Yeah, so I mean, just related to being a mom as far as like fitness goes, like just remember because it is so hard. Whether you're pregnant or postpartum, it can be so challenging to take the time for yourself. Yeah, it really can, and I didn't understand that until I had a baby myself. I was like, "Come on, you can, you can find 30 minutes in the day. Anyone can find 30 minutes." I would, as a trainer, I would tell my clients that. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and I'm like, it's really not. It's yes. really, really challenging. However, it's so important for yourself. And for everyone you're surrounded by, your family or friends, it's so important to really take that time for yourself and to find whatever it is that makes you feel good, to fill your own cup. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
1: That's a very good reminder. It's like something that we all know. And I'm sure as women, they all know that or like people who have had babies, but it's nice to have that reminder and that reframe as well. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. I feel really good about everything we went through. Is there anything else that you think that we left out or that we should know as far as this space goes? I don't think so. I think we that was a great conversation. Yeah, I had a I had a good time, and I'm I <laughs> felt very prepared, even though I'm not there yet. But <laughs> I feel <laughs> ready to go. Um, amazing. Laura, where can everyone find you, your programs, uh, social media, all that good stuff? Yeah. So you can
0: find my program at the baby dash body.com also on instagram at the baby body and at miss laura varney
1: amazing thank you so much for doing this this is great and yeah i know time is especially as a mom is like hard to come by so i really appreciate this hour that we got to spend together and have a great day yeah you too thank you that is it for me today you guys thank you so much for being here and for listening before you go make sure that you rate review and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode and one thing you can share in the meantime this podcast obviously send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on instagram and i'll see you next wednesday